And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and today, my special guest, guested on my other podcast, Movie Deja Vu, and he's also a New York City-based actor and performer and man about town, Jason (laughs) Kerr! Hi! Hi! (laughs) Jason, Welcome! Welcome. Let's talk. We're going to talk musicals today. Oh, my favorite topic of the <laughs> in, in all the world. I I don't know if anyone loves musicals more than I do. So whenever when I pitched this podcast to you, you were just like, "I've got multiple ones in mind." And I was like, "Great, we're gonna we're gonna do all of them." <laughs> so we're starting with bed knobs and broomsticks. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> so good. Um. Well, little little background before we actually get into like some talking. Bad yeah. Nubs and Broomsticks came out in 1971. It, the screenplay was by Bill Walsh and Don DeGrady. Um, animation story by Ralph Wright and Tom Berman. The book is by Mary Norton, which I didn't know it was based on a book. Yes, we had that book growing up as a kid. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. And, Music and lyrics by Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman. I'm assuming they're brothers, unless they're like the Sherman, Yes, the Sherman, the Sherman brothers are iconic. Uh, we sh- you, you could do a whole podcast on just the Sherman brothers. Oh, no. More ideas. More ideas. Yeah, they, they, I'm, I'm actually a little obsessed with the Sherman brothers, but we can talk about that later. Um, so it was uh, uh, directed by Robert Stevenson. And according to IMDb, a little blurb about it is that an apprentice witch, three kids, and a cynical magician, con man, search... For, I'm going to say that one more time. Mm. An apprentice witch, three kids, and a cynical magician, con man, search for the missing component to a magic spell to be used in the defense of Britain in World War II. That was a lot quite of a words. Very succinct. Very succinct. But yeah, it, that... That was what happened during the movie. Um, yeah, the movie itself. Yeah. Well, can we go back a little bit though? We, I, I want you. I want you to talk about uh, um, Ward Kimball, who who goes uncredited as as a director. Uh huh. Ward, Ward directed the animation scenes. Uh, he's one of the. Oh. He's kind of iconic. He's one of the um the the Disney old nine men. I think they're called. Uh, and the guys who did he he they created like iconic figures like ward is one of the guys who created jimmy cricket uh shut up yeah yeah so he also did some work on babes in toyland too which which we may talk about another podcast you guys yes. doing oh yes 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 that was one of your other options which will will definitely be a future episode yeah who knows when it'll come out though <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i i didn't want you to miss him because i think that he is uh, iconic and a really great um, voice, a really great um, man in, in the world of Disney. Yeah, I mean that animation sequence—it's iconic. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about the whole movie. All right, all right. I got a few I got a few truths to drop on you. I hope you are strapped in, and oh. I'm sorry if I'm gonna ruin your day. Okay, this, this is my second time ever seeing this movie. Wow. My wow. first time. My first time was like a year or two ago uh-huh. uh, where my best friend, Lauren, who's also going to guest on this podcast soon, um, basically tied me to a chair and was like, you're watching this movie. Uh, I'm amazed that you never saw it before. Well, we were a Mary Poppins household. Well, well, well when, you, when, you, when you look at everything, uh, it's actually, there was a great deal of um, of concern that this movie was too close to Mary Poppins. In fact, Beautiful Briny Sea was written for Mary Poppins. Well, okay, so I I was doing a lot of research on Uh this. Apparently, Disney wanted to do this, was developing this movie and Mary Poppins at around the same time. Yes, yes. uh, And then got the rights from P.L. Travers to do Mary Poppins. So they were like, 
let's do that one. Correct. So obviously that one came first. And then after that movie, they wanted to do more of the Mary Poppins stories, but P.L. Travers like put the kibosh on it. Yeah. So I guess this was a response to that where they're like, Possibly. well, we have this other property that we can do that is a magical element with, you know, children and cartoons and all that. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, you, you, I mean, Julie Andrews was even considered for this movie. Yes, yes, yes. I think Along that w- Redgrave, which I think was an interesting choice. I think that I don't. I didn't know when she was offered the role, though. Like, if it yeah. was after Mary Poppins happened, or while they were first developing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But then we got, you know, the beautiful Dame. Angela Lansbury. Oh my God! And what what a gift! Who what a gift. would be iconic in Disney? Iconic. I I love Angela Lansbury. I love that she was so, she like she really was a person of her time that was just incredible. Like from her Broadway thing from Mame to you know Sweeney Todd to this is actually before Sweeney Todd. This is, I think this is even before Mame. Possibly. Possibly. Or like right around the time of that. Around the time, around the time of Mame. Um, I didn't do the. I didn't look at the, the dates. Uh, but she's she's an amazing woman. I, I I'm a little obsessed with with um Julie Andrews with uh Andrew Lansbury. Andrew Lansbury. <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with, Ju- with Julie Andrews too. But but uh, from I mean even watching her old films like The Manchurian. Have you ever seen The Manchurian Candidate? Not the original. No. That was her first. I think that was her first feature film. Uh, and she got nominated for an Oscar for that. Well, and then, you know, she'd come back in the 90s with Beauty and the Beast singing the the titular song, and then yeah. she would later reappear in the sequel of Mary Poppins, Mary Poppins Returns. Oh, yes, I forgot about that. That's a yeah. lovely little cameo. So, like, she and Disney are besties, obviously, besties. decades later. I mean, she's still making money off this film. She's still making money off of uh, of uh, Beauty and the Beast. I mean, I, I, wa- I watched this on Disney Plus. I hope she gets some sort of royalties for that. Too. <laughs> I mean, we don't. The the contracts are so different back then. We don't know what their what the deals were. So this movie, I counted ten songs. Like some of them, ble- they they bleed into others, so they're slashes. But like. Eglantine, Don't Let Me Down, and Eglantine Reprise happen in like a two minute window or something yeah. like that. I think it was I think it was uh, cut intentionally. I read a story that that uh, Disney fell asleep when he, they first presented Eglantine with them. <laughs> I would I would not be surprised. <laughs> Eglantine but, is my favorite song in the show, uh, but I, I like it more than Portobello Road. But we can talk about that later. The songs were were great. I mean, they were, were a little forgettable in some of them. Really? I, I wouldn't think that the quintessential Sherman Brothers ones were forgettable. Like uh, um, substitu- Substitutionary Locomotion. Oh, no, that one was definitely not forgettable. <laughs> but, like, can you sing to me Portobello Road? Yeah, like I've I've watched this for 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 a long time. Well, you can, but like, <laughs> but like there was some. I I just wish there were a little more. Like it, the movie itself felt like it dragged a little, in my opinion. Does a touch, but I think it's because we uh, we go between like the fantasy and the reality. I think there's like definitely three acts, um, in in the in this in the story because we have the setup. Which I uh, which is wonderful. And then we have the execution, um, and then we have you know they're on this little adventure, and then we come back and, and what I believe to be the third act, and maybe there's more uh, to when she has to defeat the Nazis. But like there were moments that felt like you can cut some of it down. Well, they did cut. They cut quite a bit. But like that that whole <laughs> soccer match scene, I was just like, could you uh, guys have done something else a little shorter? Like very, yeah, it's. But I think that's, that was that was that was kind of a hallmark of Disney, um, because it seems like most of, a lot of their films they they tend to have like in the center they have this big like spect- spectacular scene, 
oh, you know, yeah. Mary Poppins, it was the the chalk drawing. Uh, Babes in Toyland, it was the toy maker sequence, and and, and then also the the, uh, the 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 March of the Toy Soldiers, um, and this was the uh, uh, you know the, the boom boom was the entire like spectacle. Of the film. But then some of the song, <laughs> the like the beautiful Briny Sea. Um, you know, it would be this one melody and then all of a sudden they'd like bust out into a rumba or something. Yeah. I was just like, where did this come from? <laughs> I think I think that's that's um I think that's like just a, a way of stretching a theme and to make this like an event. So they know that we're you know, we're in this event that's happening in this movie right now. Yeah, it would I mean I no, I'm not shitting on the movie. I was just like, guys, this movie is so free. It's only two hours. This it's like two hours. It was it. They trimmed. They trimmed. Um, I think twenty minutes off of it, uh, because Radio City when it was premiered at Radio City Music Hall, they have like a pre-show or something like that, and it combined it was going to be too long for the event. So they trimmed off so much music. They, apparently, the portable um, road sequence was ten minutes longer. Thank God it wasn't. That sequence is very long. That I I I did like the the uh, what's called Portobello Street Dance. So yeah, there's Portobello I'll, Road. Yeah, and then Portobello Street Dance. Yeah, with the 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 the, the steel jumps players, the the lasses and the, the you know the the Irish dance. The uh, Irish dance, the swing in, dancing, and then yeah, Middle Eastern dancing. I thought it was in, I thought it was Indian. Indian dancing. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I didn't want to, you know, say the wrong... Yeah, the, the wrong sect. The wrong yeah. sect. And, you know, yeah. obviously be raked over the col- coals with that one. Okay, Ursula. Uh, but, like, there were apparently three songs that were cut out of the movie that were yeah, on I, soundtracks. Yeah, I sing one of them. <laughs> Which one do you sing? Uh, Step in the Right Direction. <gasps> yeah. I, I found it, because I didn't know about it, and I, I was doing this medley... Um, of of because because it's always been one of my favorite films. So I did a medley of Bedknobs and Broomstick songs, um, and I kind of strung like the plot together, and that was one of the ones I added in, in there. So when does this happen? When does the step in the right direction happen? You can hear it. You can hear it when when you are when you watch the film again, which I hope you will. Um, when you when she finally flies, when she has that she has that rocky moment, and then she's like, oh, okay, I got it. Um, they they play it. This is when the kids are trying to escape as well. The yes, but 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 when but we're dealing with her, and then and then after that, it cuts to the kids. But this when she actually like her first flight, they they underscore it with "Step in the Right Direction." I love and I love in musicals do that. Like I love in Follies. I don't know if you're a fan of of Stephen Sondheim's Follies. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I love um in the opening that they kept um, all things bright and beautiful. And it's kind of, it comes back again in, in the, oh, it's it's part of the like underscoring mm. uh, later on in the show. I love hearing little gems like that or like a, in Little Shop of Horrors, um, uh, Oren has a whole other song about uh, about torturing people. Uh, when he talks about him being, uh, it's, what's it called? Uh, I had a, I had a hobby. Bum, bum, da, da, da. It's something like that, and mm-hmm. um, and you can hear it in um, the scene where they're moving into the dentist's office, um, and you hear bum, 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 bum. It's just there, and and that's the end of the theme. <laughs> it's cute. I love but this you, shit. Oh, I guess the Sherman Brothers know a thing or two about writing music. Then sure do. Thank God. Thank God. They, yeah, they, 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 they've been in this a long time. Even writing new music for the stage production of Mary Poppins. Oh, yeah, because they also worked on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was really interesting to be like, the Sherman Brothers also did Mary Poppins. And I was like, oh, they okay. did. They did, they, did, they did Sword in the Stone. Um, any, any, like one of the hallmarks of the, the Sherman Brothers uh, is they always have a song that, that's like, has like crazy lyrics. So you can, all, if you hear it in a Disney film, that's more than likely Sherman Brothers. So this one, it would be uh, Substitutionary Locomotion. Mary Poppins, it would be Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Sword in the Stone, it's um, Higgadis Sigadis. Okay. Like it's but, everywhere. Like it, it's, it's, it's their staple in every, every single film they, they do. But I did read that they took a break from writing for feature films until the Tigger movie in 2000. 
So something it's a shame. Something they're poor. So it was this one. Well, I think they were working on stage shows. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, okay. I didn't. I didn't. I should. I should have done that research. That would have been an interesting uh, thing to talk about. I didn't really go that far into them, and I should yeah, have. No, but no, I decided to go down other tracks with this movie. <laughs> you could do that a lot of a lot of ways with this film. This is this this is a great cast and a great group of people who are working on the film. So. You said you read the books or the book. I read the book when I was a kid. I don't remember the differences now because it was so long ago. So they are, um, it's based off of two books by Mary Norton huh? um, called The Magic Bed Knob or How to Become a Witch in Ten Easy Lessons and Bonfires and Broomsticks. Yeah. So, and then they were later combined to be Bedknob and Broomstick, singular for each, which then they pluralized a later after the movie. Yeah. It was just so fascinating. And I was just like, oh, I love it when books are involved because, you know, she likes to read more than people sometimes. But, uh, <laughs> but you picked this movie. I did. I love it why i i just love i love it's very theatrical uh it feels very theatrical i can uh, yes <laughs> like I was, when i was watching it this you know this past weekend I, w- I was marveling at the way that the um the the setup how they kind of how they introduce the tableau of the film um and how they introduce the characters because i never thought i never really heard Anyway, I'm going, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, I love the, the the way the film is set up. I love the animation uh, the, and and and, and uh, the live action people mixed in there. Uh, and I just I love Angela Lansbury. It, it's those are probably the top three reasons I love this film. So if this was turned, this hasn't been turned into a stage production, right? It, it, it's it's going to happen. It's happening uh, in London, I believe, soon. Once yes. Did share that with me. Yeah, which I'm I'm very excited about. So, are you going for Eglantine or are you going for Professor Brown? Uh, I'm going to go for Eglantine, of course. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, I forgot who I was talking to yeah, for a second there. Okay, but um, it's very interesting. You know, we were we were comparing this to Mary Poppins earlier, where Mary Poppins they say her name like millions of times throughout that movie. I don't remember Eglantine's last name. Eglantine Price. Mrs. Price. I know you hear Miss Price every once in a while and Eglantine during the song. Yeah. But like the kids never call her, but never say her name. Yeah, they they don't say the whole lot. You know, it, it was getting to the end of the movie where she was, you know, doing the substitutionary locomotion on the museum objects yeah you know and i was just like i totally am blanking on her name right now besides angela lansbury (laughs) (laughs) that's who she is i mean yeah she's angela lansbury in everyone's eyes or or jessica pending if you her jessica fletcher you know i never was into uh, murder she wrote until i got a little older and i became obsessed with it murder she wrote was is so good (laughs) It's so, and I don't know why I never watched it because I love, I love um, murder mysteries. But I was just like, I just forgot her name, and then I felt like also during the um, the battle with the Germans. <laughs> I'm sorry, I I just have to laugh because it's funny to s- to say to say that to be like, oh yeah, she's fighting the Germans. <laughs> Angela Lansbury's fighting the Germans while on a broomstick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I felt like there could have been singing there more than underscore. There could have been. But it was that part in the musical where all the themes come back. True. It was a, it was a finale ultimo. But I felt it's like, you know, we we needed to hear our songbird on her broomstick. That would be kind of cool. I'm, I'm sure they tried. I'm sure they tried. Maybe they do that for the stage version? Oh, they have to. She has Ugh. to have an 11 o'clock number while flying high. I bet you it would be like... A, um, a a summing up of 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 her. I don't know. I don't know. You know, there is there is a feminist uh, like a feminist theme in this uh, that I, I realized this time around. Did you notice that? You see any of that? 
Yes, where um, she was clearly like, I don't need a man. Um, and and the, the man she had, she had was a charlatan. <laughs> right. And even like when Professor Brown, when they were getting close, it was never sexual. It was always just like, we're becoming better friends and you're becoming a better human, Professor Brown. Yeah. Uh, but like, it was... <sighs> There was a lot that was happening in this movie and not enough at the same time. Cause yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm 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 sorry. I know I know you love this movie and you I don't, don't mean like to it. shit I on I, it. I don't I don't hate that. If you don't like something, you talk about it. We can talk about that. It just it just felt like what did I want to say? Where was I going with this thought? And I just lost it. Catch it, catch it, John. Catch uh, it. It's gone. <laughs> it just felt like, you know, she was set up to act one way and then that switched really fast and then it felt like more of professor brown's story than eglantine price's story how so where he starts off more as the con man and then he he ends up going to war at the end like he's the one that has the most growth out of all of the characters okay over the course of the movie. I mean, she was she was reluctant to bringing the kids. And then after Charlie is a little shit to her, which I wanted to like, I'm going to sound like my mother. I wanted to smack him. <laughs> and, right. uh, um, they easily found common ground to be friendly to one another. But I was just like, come on. Like, I thought this was, was supposed to be her story. What's going on, guys? Yeah, um, it's a community story. I mean, they're they're all the kids. The kids were changed too. That's true. Well, it, mostly Charlie because mostly Charlie. You're right, but he, I think I think as a unit, yeah, because the other two kind of went along with it. Yeah, like um, what's her name? The girl. Yes. Yeah. She was game for anything. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. she was the one that was like. Guys, we gotta be nice to her. She's she's kind of housing us this whole time. Yeah. And then Paul is that his name? Paul, oh, little blonde Paul. Little blondie was also game for anything, but he in more of a fun way, not like a. Excuse me, I went through puberty right there. <laughs> Happens. Not like his sister. And obviously he was like, fuck this. I'm going to, we're going to play with a stupid bed knob that's now mine. <laughs> but Charlie's the one that's such an asshole. Oh my God. Such. I do love the song, The Age of Not Believing. It's such a beautiful song. That song kind of felt like a reject from Mary Poppins. I'm not going to lie to you. It may have, it, it, it may have started there. Uh, the only one that was a reject um, that I found was uh, a beautiful Barney C, which yes. was to be, which I found interesting um, that that's the compass scene I believe was in the new Mary Poppins one of the PL travel I think it was I may be wrong it's been a minute since I've seen the the new the new Mary Poppins returns no there was they were going to and then they cut it there was um, can you imagine that which was their underwater song correct well it no, felt like. It, Age of Not Believing felt like Go to Sleep. It does. It does. Where they're obviously playing reverse psychology. Yeah. 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 You know, it's like, stay awake. Like she's saying, singing a lullaby, but saying like, let's, let's party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the dancing? The, the bulk of the dancing was in Portobello Road, correct? And then, and then in Brandy C, we, we have the animated dance. Oh, I've love. i I've always loved it. Every time I watch it as an adult now, I'm like, oh, it's so clunky. Um, <laughs> I wonder how they filmed it. Um, they, they, I, read, I read something today that said the, 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 uh, Angela Lansbury said that she was acting by, num- by the numbers because the movie was storyboarded to death. So yes. I, I'm curious of how... <laughs> I'm curious how that was filmed because it looks like they were a little shaky when they were when they were doing the little pas de deux uh, in, in in the air. Well, they also I, had to deal with wires and everything. Yeah, but but I feel like the dancing in this, um, the flying was clunkier than Mary Poppins. Yes, 
definitely was. <laughs> I find interesting. Uh, I wonder why that is. And I was trying to find if Isle of Nabumbu. Am I saying that right? Nabumbu? I was trying to find if that was in reference to something and I keep getting thrown back to that little book that Paul had and everything. So I'm, I don't know if who made it up, if it was the writers of the movie or if it was Mary Norton. Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I, 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 I was like six or seven when, 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 I, when we had this book. Jason, that was last year. Come on. You're right. You're right. It's just oil of Olay, darling. Don't don't. Look- <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, it was. I I did like the animated sequence, although what I really loved, but I also felt could have been cut, was the uh, Charlie the Chocolate Factory esque flying that they did on the bed. I loved it. Um, I, I, I know. I, 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 I understand that. It, it seems like... Um, Such it seems, a trip. It seems like an LSD trip. Yes. Which I, 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 I still love. Like, and, and you get traveling music. You get underscoring, which, I, which, which is it's always nice. Like, you can tell Cats was written on cocaine. This was written on LSD. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like... Um, um, Ward Kimball is it Ward Kimball uh, did that as well. Uh, it feels like uh, it feels like the same like animation that was in Babes in Toyland during the uh, I can't do the sum. Okay, yeah, yes, yeah. It, fe- yes. it felt very that. And if it, they're both Disney movies, so obviously same Disney tone. had a signature where at the time where mm-hmm. they're like. Fantastical elements means super colorful when it comes to yeah. real life. I'm sure they were taking LSD too. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Or or smoking the wacky tobacco, something like that. Exactly. It helps. It helps. <laughs> um so you said you do a a medley of these songs? Uh yeah, I I had a medley written for a, a friend of mine wrote a medley of, of these songs for me. I haven't sang it in in a while, but I have it. It's somewhere. <laughs> how how many of these songs do you cover? Uh, I did Age of I did Age of Not Believing, Step in the Right Direction. I don't know if I threw Brian, even. I think I love Brian. You see, there was a there was a through line that I was trying to make in the song. So I'd have to think about what my intention was for putting that medley together. And now I would remember, I'll remember everything. It was definitely it was it was definitely three songs. I can't remember the third. Eglantine. Maybe. Well, there wasn't that many songs that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I love love Bernie C so much. I wouldn't be surprised if I would throw it if I found a way to make the story work that way. Um, I don't know. I'll I'll I'm not home, so I will. Um, if I were home, I would have you know turned around and and, and looked through my and thumbed through my music, but uh, I don't. I'm not home now, so I no. Will, don't I'll, worry about it. It's fine. <laughs> but I I gotta say though I real I. Uh, it was really interesting rewatching it and watching the beginning. Oh my goodness. During the overture where they have the tapestry. Tapestry art. Yeah. And I was yeah. just like, this is the whole movie. It is. It's it exactly that's how it's it's very theatrical because um, you know, we when you get an overture in a musical, it's all the themes mm-hmm. in in the, in the movie that you're going to see a little poo-poo platter as they say in the drowsy chaperone uh i love i love that 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 imagery you get a poo-poo platter plattering of uh the themes and that's exactly what they did and then they then they set up so well they, they I, I i just love the way the conflict was set up in this movie i i, I know it got bad reviews it got panned oh really uh, yeah wait i have i have a couple quotes siskel and ebert hold on where are they and who who weren't reviewing things together at the time, which I find interesting. Huh. Um, so Roger Ebert said, same technical skill and professional polish as Mary Poppins. It doesn't have much of a heart, though. And towards the end, you wonder why the Poppins team thought the kids would like it much. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and Siskel said, uh, a mishmash of story ideas and film styles. He, um uh, one bright spot in the story, uh, the animated the animated uh, section, the animated sequence was one bright spot in the story, but felt the difference between scenes 
and seahorses uh, and stormtroopers is so great and uh, that probably no story could manage it. Bednup tries and fails. I have to disagree. I have to disagree. Now that I'm thinking, now that after hearing this, part of me wishes that the animated sequence kind of paralleled the real life story. How so? I hate to keep comparing it to this, but in Mary Poppins Returns, <laughs> okay, when they go into the ceramic bowl and it's their animated sequence moment, they have animated characters that are voiced by the villains in the real world. Yes, and they yeah. but they play more caricature, cartoony villains. Yes, the ones who try so, and drive them out of the bowl. So part of me wishes something like that happened in this movie. I mean, I don't really feel anything about the king besides that he's an idiot. That mm-hmm. whole soccer scene was just a lot. <laughs> but like, you know, if the if the if they had ger- if he had a German accent or something, or they made it a little more high stakes, I f- so- just a little more something. I needed a little. I needed a little more. But what was the high stakes about the about the, uh, the 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 soccer match? The whole soccer match match exists so that he could steal the. He's image. trying to steal the necklace, yes. But like That's conflict when they when they resolve it with the easy of easy of you know pickpocketing basically or yeah, um, it works because he's a charlatan and he and this is the type of thing he does. <laughs> I don't know. Although I did get much joy out. As as much as you know, I feel like it's not needed. The whole soccer match, I think I did chuckle at some of it. It's so funny. The cheetah, the, the cheetah who loses its spots, or the, the, the hyena who cries. <laughs> Where they lift the rhino to catch the ball. Oh my god. And you see fat like hanging over their over their shoulders. Like it's so funny. And the mouse and the elephant, like it's so it's so funny. I love I love slapstick and, and, and stuff like that. It also well, it also felt like maybe they were going for multiple movies with this. Or awesome. they could have made multiple movies out of this storyline where it was like the first part is finding the other half of the book and then the second movie will be Going to the go, going to Nabumbu and then defeating the Germans. Yeah, it's a quest film. Yeah, she, but if, you know they go on a quest in order to, to get because the whole thing is set up like in the first act. You know, you, the whole reason she's doing this is to defeat the Germans. So she has to go on this quest in order to 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 get the skip the, the tools she needs. She gets them and then she defeats the Germans. I'm not gonna lie. Also, somewhere, somewhere around the soccer match, I think I forgot that there was also Germans. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that, I, that's the charm of the film. Because <laughs> then, all of a sudden, when they show up, I'm just like, oh, oh, oh right, <laughs> you you're here. <laughs> I love that the Germans occupy her house. <laughs> so why did they take her house? It was a trial run. Maybe I I've never understood that. <laughs> Either from from you know I I only know a little bit about you know World War Two, uh, <laughs> but I don't remember any invasions them and in, in, in them occupying one home first. So <laughs> so let's talk about accents for a hot second. Oh while we're, God. German while accents we're are here, so rough. So obviously, shut Ooh, up, yeah. cars. They're cars. Shut shut up, up, you're cars. so you're 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 so urban. I'm, I'm, I'm on. I'm on the seventh floor, and cars are are honking. Maybe oh I should like make a whole padded room out of my apartment. Anyway, obviously Angela Lansbury and what's his name, the dad from Mary Poppins, who was also in Tom, this. Tomlin, Tom, Tom, Tomlinson. I don't remember his name. Professor Brown, whatever his real name is. They're British. I think the kids are British, but they're putting on shitty Cockney accents. They're going overboard. Like, Paul is definitely going... (laughs) Paul goes way overboard with that Cockney accent. I think the girls is appropriate. Girls is appropriate, but the boys are just like... The boys are are a bit bit put on. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then... And then I I have an issue with the Germans... When they speak German 
and they don't subtitle it, I'm always just like, give me something. Tell me, tell me what they're saying. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't think about that, but yeah. There's, there's only one point when they do that. And, but like the rest of the time they don't say anything. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there just like, did I miss it? Did I blink and it didn't show up? <laughs> Damn you, Disney Plus. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to mention about this movie? Um, let me see. In my, in my notes. Again, I don't, I don't mean to poo-poo on it because... I see. <laughs> Yeah, I still find it interesting. I, I, this is something I didn't bring up. I, I wrote, but I didn't bring up yet. But I, I find it interesting that the movie was shelved because of its similarities with Mary Poppins. But I think it's very different, don't you? There are similar similar elements, but it's a different story. A different type of story. It's a bit darker than Mary Poppins. Yeah, because she fights the Germans. She fights the Germans. There's no Germans in Mary Poppins. There you're, are no. You're fighting Mr. Banks. They're fighting the bank. Yeah, the the well, yeah, you're fighting the bank. You're right. You're fighting the bank. Banks, fighting the bank. <laughs> the the bank is evil. But yeah, in this one, they they're she's fighting Germans, and then it's a quest film, like you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, the the main villain doesn't show up really until like the last third of the, the last quarter of the movie, I should say. Well, they're talked about. They're 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 discussed. Yeah. They're disgust, yes, but then they show up finally, and that's a long sequence. It's a long sequence. And but I, want, I do want to go back to that theory, the, the, the element of feminism. Uh, okay, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think I, I think it's interesting to it's 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 important to note that that her father was a military guy. We discussed they discussed that in the film. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So you know, and the kids are staying in her father's room. So he's brought up a lot. He's kind of a character in the film, in the movie. Uh, and to have a woman, you know, kind of grow up in her father's shadow and grow up and to fight the Germans, I think I think that's a that's an interesting point, uh, an interesting plot point, to, especially for the time that that was in. She is the Wonder Woman of 1971. Yes, she is. I watched Wonder Woman last night. <laughs> oh. Quick question. Uh-huh. Speaking of parents, where are the kids' parents? I'm. I have to. Assume, I thought about this last time. I have to assume that they're dead because the woman at the beginning. Obviously, this is during the Blitzkrieg, and they were yeah. they were moving kids to other homes to yeah. avoid being attacked. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if the woman at the beginning said that it was an orphanage or if it was that type of thing but i was just like whoa whoa, whoa. where are these kids guardians <laughs> yeah i think i either they're dead or they're they've been separated from their parents that's a that's an interesting plot point that plot hole that they never filled in yeah 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 <laughs> because i mean looking at the books they have parents they do have or parents. they have a mom at least yeah. and that's what happens in the first book um, instead of traveling to London to go see the professor, they go to London to find their parents, the kids' parents. But I was just like, where, where are they? They're not mentioned. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jason, let's do what I like to call sharp and flat, shall right. we? Okay. Sharp flat. So in this section, we're going to highlight moments that we may have talked, we, we may or may not have talked about. And if we liked it, it's obviously sharp. And if we didn't like it, it's flat. <laughs> so what is your, do you have any sharp elements, moments of this movie? I, the reason, the main reason I love this film, and sometimes I just watch the scene, is the, the, the underwater sequence. I, 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 even though the dancing is clunky, um, <laughs> <laughs> I still love it because it's something. It's something that, like, I think I used to. I think I used to like reenact the scene in my mother's bedroom when I was a kid. Uh, even though there was no flying, I, I, I think I would a- attempt the fantasy of it all. It, it's such a. It's such a wonderful fantasy, um, and everyone. Everyone dreams of flying. As uh, a kid, or last night you did this. I did this last night. Did this okay, last yeah. Night. Uh, <laughs> everyone dreams of flying, so it's it's just a lovely, you know fantasy uh, to watch 
My shark is Cosmic Creepers. Oh, what, a, uh, what, a, what a wonderful puppet. But, it's, but, he's mostly, but he is real. I, I, I don't know how they did half the stuff they did because some of it looked like it, was, like it was a puppet and some of it didn't. I, I think it was um, a lot of like boomer, what, what we call now boomerang, you know, where they were repeating the same motion. Oh. So they, they got the cat to do what it needed to do. And then they're like, reverse, fast forward, reverse. Fast forward. Okay, all right, okay, 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 all right. I feel like that was it. But like, Cosmic Creepers, I, I did Cats a few episodes ago, and I may have had that on my mind when I, while I was watching this, but I was like, Jellicle Cat. <laughs> Cosmic Creepers is the original Jellicle Cat. Yes. He knew T.S. He knew Eliot. That's, that's, how, <laughs> that's what Cosmic Creepers was. But I was just like, which song would, how would your song go, Cosmic Creepers? <laughs> he should have a song. Maybe he'll have a song in the movie, in the musical. Ooh. And then obviously, the lady herself, Angela Lansbury. She is, like we said, iconic. 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 And she's a force to be reckoned with. And even in this movie, when she's dancing. <laughs> <laughs> we, we we do know she can dance. We we've seen those clips from Mame. She can move. But my favorite is when she's doing that like pseudo flappery moment, but she's really flailing around. And I think yeah. it's during Age of Not Believing, where she's just like, uh uh That's what? It's a ballad. I thought I think you're thinking about her first time in the on the broom. Nope, nope. She's or it, I. I can't remember when it is, but I, I was watching it and I was just like, "Lady, it's, uh, oh, it's is it during substitutionary locomotion?" Yes, that's okay. it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that would make sense. Or she's flailing about. And I'm like, "Lady, I know you're have. I know you're having so much fun doing this, but <laughs> goddamn." <laughs> she's so wonderful. Okay, and then what? If you have any, because I know you love this movie at all, what what do you find is flat about it? The Portobello Road sequence is a bit long. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit long, and it doesn't really tell. I mean, we weren't we weren't around in the in that was a six. When was this movie done? Seventy one. It came out. We weren't around, so we don't know what they were what was happening socially. Um, so maybe they they needed to see this, but Disney does often like to bring up, you know, multicultural, you know, things for whatever reason, like Small World. This, yeah, mm-hmm. Portobello Road reminded me of Small World. Portobello Road felt like a Tchaikovsky ballet where yeah. there's always that one number that is... Featuring everybody? Featuring everybody, introducing characters, yeah. like in um, Sleeping Beauty, it's the dance of all the characters, and they get like two minutes each or something. Yeah, this is the, and then the Nutcracker would be like Sugar Plum Dance of Sugar Plum Thirty or something like that. And oh, no. all the the nations. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I as much as I loved it, I was just like, ooh, it was a little long. And I thought I for me, like I said, the pace of the movie was a little bit of a flat. Okay. Also, the lack of subtitles for the Germans. <laughs> I want to know what they're saying, even if it's dirty. Well, it, it is a children's film at the end of the day. And then I didn't feel like Charlie needed to be a piece of shit at the beginning, personally. Did he need to be? No, like, again, like I said, that some of the character development was very rapid in this movie. It felt very. like. Very. Felt like he was a little shit. He wanted money from her. He got turned into a rabbit. Cosmic Creepers, the angel that is Cosmic Creepers. You're a cat uh, person. And I'm allergic to cats. That's the irony cats of it. And dogs? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, like forces him on the bed. And once they do, and once they travel to London, that's when he's obviously believing and things like that. And then that's it. He doesn't really speak for the rest of the movie, it feels like. Yeah, he doesn't make those because because then then the little boy becomes the commenter. Yes, he becomes the comic relief in that in that trio. So yeah, like... you know now that I'm really thinking about it, that trio is really problematic um, because when we look at trios, 
we want that we want more dynamic we want you know the larry curly and mo we want we want a, a clown a, a counter goose and a straight uh but they didn't really have that in that dynamic so that's that may be problematic for that might be i'll say it's problematic i feel like the straight person is the dot this is sister she no actually technically if you if you really look at it she's the she's the the counter counter august uh in that um because she goes both she 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 sides with both of 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 them sometimes uh and she 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 does that Char- um the the older the older brother is trying to remain order because then he bends them together to to um to leave go back to london so he's the leader he's the band he's the band leader of that of that group so he's definitely the straight and then the other one is the is the is clown. the clown yeah. mm-hmm. poor paul you're the clown <laughs> <laughs> i also have another segment that um, I uh, like to ask my guests mm-hmm. would you add any of the songs in the movie you know what? I'll bend it a little. I'll count even the cut songs. Would you add any of them to your life's playlist? I do believe that the beautiful Briny C is on a playlist of mine. But like that, that's the song that you would add to your yeah. life forever and always. It. Yeah, I love it. It still reminds me of the, of, of that song brings me back, brings me back, to, brings me back to my childhood. So like when I was trying to reenact the scene in my mother's bedroom. Or last night. Or last night. <laughs> As you know, as long and problematic as we talked about it, for me, it'll be the Portobello Street Dance. Yeah, I just it just felt yeah. natural in the way that it progressed from one style to another. Yeah, it would have been Briny C if it wasn't for like that one blaring moment where they break out into another genre of song entirely because i was just like whoa well it's so reminiscent it's so like that even though this is in the 70s that scene is so 60s um yes. and you, know, you have you have the the actually it's, it's kind of 60s 50s because you have the um the barbershop you know warbly you know Fish, uh-huh. fish singing and then you have the the ballroom dancers that's what i think that's where that 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 wild music comes from from all the different type of ballroom dances that's and, and then you have them doing like 60s dance style and i'm like guys this movie's set in 1945 yeah but it's supposed to oh shit <laughs> <laughs> did you forget oh, it's I World forgot. War II. <laughs> in the 40s a lot of the music wasn't, wasn't hip and they were ahead of their time, but it was a magical kingdom. That too, that too. You know, when I, 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 I watched it again this weekend, I was thinking that it's interesting that they mentioned that someone had stumbled upon the island of the Bumbu um, on a ship, but the island of the Bumbu is in a different dimension, which they which they established later. Which is why they bring the star of Astaroth from from Nabumbu to the real world. So then, so, another the, so then the writer of the book, the picture book that Paul has, stumbled into another dimension somehow, and they never explained it. And then obviously wrote the book back in the real world because you can't bring objects. It had the foresight to write the. Uh, the the substitutionary locomotion substitu- substitutionary locomotion spell uh, in the book. Wait, are you positing that the same the oh shit? What's that person's name? <laughs> Ast uh, Asteros? No, not Astaroth. The Astaroth. The, the, the because this happened. We, we there is a passage of time that happens because the um the the king says oh yeah this 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 amulet it's been in my family for years so he's like second or third generation uh from because after the after the uprising of the island of the boom they kind of glazed over the fact that there was a murder of of astroth they they they, they, they glazed over so quickly they glazed over <laughs> a lot of things in this movie jason let's yeah. be real here <laughs> it is at the end of the day a children's film it uh, is based yeah. off of a picture book correct so we gotta give it that. They 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 put a lot of pieces together. But I find that interesting, you know. <laughs> Which you can buy the books on on Amazon separately yeah. and together. 
fairly reasonable price, if I do say so myself. They're not paying paying us for this, but they can. Yes, not sponsored, but please sponsor me, everyone. I like money. Um, I think that's it. I think we did it. We did an episode. I didn't fangirl out completely. I love this film so much. I, I thought I would, would lose my mind. And I didn't completely hate it. <laughs> Jason, do you have anything you want to plug or promote or whatever? I, I don't have anything I'm gonna, I, I want to plug. Nothing I think of. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing I can think of. Not, you don't want to whore your socials or... Oh, you can tr- you can find me. I post stuff that I do, like videos and stuff that I'm a part of uh, on Instagram. Uh, at, uh, that's at jason l kerr k-e-r-r-j sorry at j-a-y-s-o-n-l-k-e-r-r i have to spell out completely uh you can find me there or find me uh on instagram uh sorry on twitter uh facebook um for the very uh, handsome boys out there you can find me on scruff um Uh uh-huh yes we're, we're, we're gonna make ourselves available because it's a pandemic it's still a pandemic, and this is still going <laughs> This episode will come out while it's still considered a pandemic. So yeah, definitely come on scuff, talk me, tell me I'm pretty. That's all. Like that's all we can do until then. After that, <laughs> and then, then we'll, we'll find love after that. <laughs> oh my god! Well, if you want to get in touch with the podcast itself, this podcast that you're currently listening to. Um, you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. You can write in with your thoughts, your ideas. You can tell me, you can give me your dissertation as to why I'm an idiot for not liking this movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll write those notes. <laughs> <laughs> or if you want to find a way to, you know, hit on Jason, just message me through those. Please, please do. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'm, taking, I'm taking all interested people. Every single one. And on the next episode, I have a different guest on. And, it, and we're going to cover Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Woo! Yes, I haven't seen but, the movie in a while. Maybe I'll watch it before I listen to the podcast. Oh, I have to rewatch it. It's going to... I, all I remember is the barn raising scene. So I remember the dance. The dancing, yeah. the big dancing scene. That's that it. The barn raising dance where they do more acrobatics than dancing. Yes. Yeah, it's but... kind of wild. I I I I remember when I watched it because I went through a period of time where, where when I was on the road, I watched just anything I had never seen before. I remember being like, "Oh my god, that's I can't believe I've never seen this before." It's been a few years since I've seen this one. Okay. And this one I've seen a bunch of times. I know that. So, Sir Jason. Sir John. Until next time, when I'll have you on for another few episodes. <laughs> Maybe another Disney. Maybe another Disney. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day.